everyone and welcome to another Bible study here at One Love Live at Love Walk and I'm your host Lila Winston. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to today's Bible study. As you know we come together to read in the Word of God so that we can practically apply it to our lives and also so that we can accomplish the purpose of our lives and so that is what we do every day. I am praying for you. I hope you are well. I pray that you are learning more about your gifts. I pray that you are growing in the spirit. And so today we're going to do a rather wonderful uh, Bible study now. I know this probably should have been a Bible study for, you know, Christmas or something like that, but I'm sorry. I just, you know, for me, I'm not necessarily trying to make Bible studies for certain holidays or anything. It's just whatever, you know, um, the Lord presses on me or what I've been studying or something like that. So, you know, I'm not I'm not one of those people that are going to, you know, particularly teach you something on a particular holiday or anything like that, guys. So don't look for that for me. I might do it once in a while if I am so inclined, but that's not something that I do. But I do want you to check out our uh, anchor text, which is Matthew chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 and 3. And this Bible study is actually super amazing. And I think it's amazing because it includes unbelievers as well, or the people we consider people um, that way. And it, I think it's saying something very important to us as believers. It says something important to the conversation that God has been having with mankind since the beginning. So if you would grab your Bible and turn with me to Matthew chapter two, we're going to read verse one and three. It's actually pretty brief, but I think it encapsulates some very important information about the way that we uh, do our lives. So I want you to notice this says, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the day of Herod, the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem saying, where is he that is born of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. I think this is really a very interesting thing, you know. It says that Herod was troubled. Now, I can understand why Herod was troubled. And, I mean, obviously, Herod is troubled because it says that there's a king that was born, okay? Like, and I don't think we fully understand you know, entirely what, you know, uh, it's like, you know, or what it was like to be a leader in those days. There was lots of intrigue and, you know, this leader was uh, up and gone and, you know, it was a lot of that. And it may be that same way today. Um, but back in those days, when there was this prophecy that there's a leader that is being born, that is a cause of concern if you are the leader. If there's a prophecy out there that's saying you're going down or your kingdom is going down or something like that, then if you're a leader, you're concerned. And so I understand why Herod was troubled. But it also says so was Jerusalem. And if you don't believe that, check out chapter, I mean, verse three, it says, when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. I think that's pretty interesting considering the fact that under Herod, um, the Hebrews were being oppressed like all of the other kingdoms that were being oppressed during this time. So the question we have to ask is why was Jerusalem <laughs> upset? 
Why were they troubled? You know, didn't they want a king? Because after all, this is a Hebrew prophecy. And so people had begun to understand that these prophecies were real. I mean, there was Egypt, there were other things that had happened in the past. The Hebrews had quite a um, reputation, if you can remember. So I think it's important to remember, remember, we're not just talking about just random people. The Hebrews had a reputation in that region of the world, pretty much worldwide. And so the thing I think what I'm guessing that the reason Jerusalem was upset is because maybe they weren't really practicing the true Hebrew worship of God. Remember, that was the reason that Moses came to lead them out of the wilderness was so that they could worship God. And now we have, you know, these synagogues, these Babylonian synagogues, you know, people are praying in those. We have people who are, you know, Pharisees. We have people from the house of Benjamin in the temple doing God only knows what, you know, it's, there's no actual rule and they're not following the dictates of the law. So I want us to go back and see why they were actually taken out of you know uh, Israel oh, I'm sorry out of uh, Egypt let's look at um, I believe it is in Exodus chapter 5 verses 1 and 3 it says and afterward Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh thus says the Lord God of Israel let my people go that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness and Pharaoh said who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go I know not the Lord neither will I let Israel go and they said, the God of the Hebrews hath met with us. Let us go, we pray you, three days journey into the desert and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or the sword. So they were being pretty obvious and pretty clear with, you know, um, Pharaoh about why they wanted to leave. And if you read, I challenge you to read Exodus if you do, you'll see that that is always the reason that they're saying, you know, we're trying to go so we can worship to the Lord. And it's just really ironic that right now that they have a measure of freedom and they're still not actually practicing the real um, Hebrew law according to the way that God had requested them to do it. So let's go back to the anchor text and see what Herod did when he realized, hey man, there is some sort of king being born and these people from the east are like where is he at i don't even know about this so herod calls the religious leadership in uh, of the hebrews to find out is this true what these eastern men are saying he calls them together he's heard this hearsay from the wise men from the east and so we're going to look at that in matthew chapter 4 verse 6 it says and when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together he demanded of them where christ should be born and they said unto him in bethlehem of judea for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of you shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. So they came to him. These people knew the scriptures. They brought it to Herod. They showed him what it actually said. So this guy is kind of nervous. Like there's a king coming. Is he going to take me off my throne? Is he going to depose me? You know, is, is there going to be some sort of war? So after he confirmed this prediction among the Hebrews, he called the wise men to inquire of them. He wanted to know what are you going to do? How are you going to find him? And so they too 
actually um, are actually getting some intel from God. I think it's really interesting that God is actually using these wise men from the East. He's talking to wise men from the East, you know, and that's because they were more faithful and understanding of what was right than even the religious leaders who had sold out to their government and Herod. I think that's really powerful that the Hebrews, you know, they're not even happy that the king is coming. You know, Herod, of course, isn't happy. But these wise men from the East, God is talking to them. You know, I think that's just powerful. I think we don't realize that sometimes when we're reading the text, we're just like, okay, the, the wise men from the East. But God is telling us something very powerful here, that the wise men from the East God is talking to them, but he's not saying anything to these Levites. He's not saying anything to Herod. The wise men from the east did not cooperate because of a warning from God. That's the reason why they didn't come back and tell Herod. God was speaking to these men from the east more than those who claim to worship and serve his temple. I think this is wild. When you really read what is written in the text, it just starts to blow your mind. When you see God is willing to talk to people who are doing the work, who are doing what is right. And here we see God warning wise men from the East who were not even Hebrews. We see God speaking to Joseph. We see God speaking to Mary in this text. And we even see he's impressing this new rite of water baptism on John the Baptist, um, who is the last Levitical priest of Israel. And I think this is just powerful because remember, God has been silent for a very long time. And then all of a sudden he drops down, he talks to this Levitical priest and says, you're gonna have a son. And he's going to be, you know, John the Baptist. He talks to this little old, you know, single lady, you know, and tells her you're going to have a child. And we forget he talks to these wise men from the East. The God of heaven is talking to the wise men from the East. So don't be confused. A lot of people are confused about this. And I think this is really interesting because nothing is coming through the priests. Nothing is coming through the scribes and the religious leadership. Nothing, absolutely nothing. God is actually depositing his word into the faithful. He's giving his revelations and his intel to those who actually obey. God approached Abraham. God spoke to Noah with no prior relationship, just faithful. These people were faithful. They weren't sellouts. They were believers in God. They were faithful men of God. And they were chosen because they were faithful and they did seek to do the right thing. So God did not choose those that they thought could serve the temple. Uh, God didn't choose the ones that thought they could serve God's temple any old kind of way. They knew the law. They studied it every day. They knew very well that only Levitical priests were called to serve the temple, but they just simply didn't do it right. And that's really powerful. They knew better than to have Pharisees and rabbis and Sadducees, all of these concoctions from the Babylonians. These are nowhere in God's prescription for serving the temple. And anyone who was not from the tribe of Levi who served the temple was an abomination. You can go read this yourself. This is not hidden away in some secret scribe, uh, some secret scroll somewhere. It's plainly there. The temple 
of Jesus and John's generation, it just, it wasn't what it used to be. This was the equivalent of Cain. Do you remember Cain and Abel when they both gave a gift? Imagine if Cain created a whole tradition of worship around the exact way that God said he was not pleased and then expected God to show up. I think that's amazing. You know, sometimes people just go their own way or do something else and they think, you know, God is in it. That is not it. So the priests really could only pair it with what they heard in scriptures because they had no revelations themselves. God was not talking to them. In fact, God appeared to wise men from the East instead. I think this is so powerful. God was so over those fake religious men that he started to talk to wise men from the East. We see another area in scripture where God speaks to people who have not yet believed with the man who sent for Peter to minister in his house. Do you remember that guy? He was a centurion and they said he was a faithful man. And if you can read in Acts chapter 10, verse one and five, they actually called Peter to come and evangelize the house. And when Jesus even started talking to Paul, the Christian killer, in Acts chapter 9, verse 3 and 4, we see that Paul was busy on his way killing Christians. He didn't care what God had going on or what Christ had going on, but God stopped him and talked to this, this unrepentant man who was not a believer, okay? And I just want you to see how that God is looking for the faithful, that is how he calls us to him. And let's look at Acts chapter 10, verse 1 and 5, where the centurion actually calls Peter. So I want to prove it to you in scripture. It says, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band, the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all of his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming in to him and saying unto him, Cornelius, and when he looked on him, he was afraid, and he said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thy alms are come up for a memorial before God, and now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. That is just so powerful. It gives me truly goosebumps, guys, because this is God seeing a faithful man and saying, I'm going to show you how to have a relationship with me. I'm going to reach out to you and I'm going to connect with you. I'm going to prosper your household because you're faithful in it, even though you don't know me. I think that's beautiful. God knows when to speak. And he spoke to this centurion man when there were tons and tons of priests and Pharisees and scribes and all of these religious leaders, he never said one word to them. He stops talking to those who won't or don't want to listen. And he can go silent for hundreds of years, but he is always talking to those who listen. There isn't a blackout or a sound out, if you want to call it. The question is, are you listening? The question is, are you obeying what you hear? God has always walked and talked with man in the garden. That's what he started doing. That was what was happening in the beginning. Do you remember that God sees man as Adam, which includes Eve, as we see in Genesis chapter 5 and 2. So when the voice of God came walking through the cool of the garden and asked Adam, where are you in Genesis chapter 3 and 8? That question included Eve. 
So why does God's voice come walking through the cool of the garden? Because God is. By him all things consist. When he wants to speak, he doesn't have to come. He's everywhere. So God's voice came to ask Adam where they were. And it's the same thing with us. God is everywhere. He sees everything. God isn't silent. God knows when to speak. God wants you to hear him when his voice comes walking. There are people like Herod and the religious leaders of that time who had colluded with him who were trying to hear, but they weren't trying to hear because they actually cared to do what he said. They wanted to hear for the wrong reasons, like Simon the sorcerer who wanted from God only for personal gain and power. You see, Herod was trying to preserve his oppressive kingdom, and the religious leaders were trying to preserve their position of foe authority among the Hebrews. They sent for the wise men, they plied them with questions, and even lied to them, but they still could not get the answer they wanted. God is speaking to those who have prepared their heart. And I want to ask, how is your heart? How is your love life? How is your love life? It's not about being gregarious, because very evil men also pretend to be gregarious, and some are actually gregarious, gregariously evil, <laughs> and kind, and they do that for their advantage. You see, God wants your heart. God is speaking to those who want to hear. And make no mistake, the wicked religious leaders of that time wanted to hear. The evil Herod, he wanted to hear. There was a king coming to overthrow his kingdom, and he was scared shirtless. I'm telling you. But despite all of his due diligence, he still only had secondhand information, and he missed it completely. See, God talks to those who listen with the right heart. He spoke to those men from the East. He spoke to Cornelius the centurion. He spoke to Paul saying, you're going the wrong way, Paul. And Paul said, what do I need to do to change, to make this right? He talks to those he chooses for good. God will always confound the wicked. And like Jesus and Moses, the true deliverers will always slip by unnoticed. You know why? Because God is supreme. His thinking is so far above ours. And the wise men from the east, they went another way. All because they could hear what God was saying. It's so important to be able to do that. And that means sometimes having quiet times, getting your heart right, doing the things that you know are right, because that is going to save you from the trouble in the end. And we see that even here. So I pray this blesses you. I hope it encourages you to listen for God, listen for him in those quiet places in your heart and in your mind and in your everyday life, because God, of course, wants to speak to us. But the question is, are we listening? Are we listening? Because God knows just how to speak to people. He speaks to people who have never met him before, who don't even know his name. And we see that in this text where he chose to speak to the men of the East and he directed their actions because they were listening. And the other men, well, you know, 
they're long gone. So we know what happened with them. So I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. I pray that this blesses you and it encourages you to seek God even more and to listen for him because God wants to speak. He's everywhere. He's here. So I want you to remember you can listen. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. May God bless you. Bye. for being a part of the one love live love walk bible study i appreciate you but perhaps you've stumbled onto this bible study and you're not yet become a believer i want to encourage you to take the time to accept the lord christ into your life i want you to know that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that the lord jesus is lord that you will be saved If you can go ahead with me, close your eyes and pray. Oh Lord, I pray right now that you would forgive me of my sins. I will repent of my sins right now. That is, I will turn away from all the sins that I have done from before until now. And I want to seek to follow you. Lord, open my eyes and my heart to your truth. I accept you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. And I accept the Holy Spirit as the comforter and guide in my life. Continue to lead me. And I thank you so much for hearing my prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. If you prayed that prayer, then you are now a believer. And I want you to believe in your heart. And if you have a chance, reach out to me and let me know that you receive the Lord. There's ways that you can contact me if you look in the description of this Uh, Bible study. And I look forward to hearing from you and helping you on your love walk. Don't forget to sign up for our devotional emails so that you can be encouraged in your faith and grow. God bless you.